Weird science. I have some weird science for you. Uh, did you know that you can actually boil water using a flame and a paper cup? Flame and a paper cup. It, it shouldn't work, but it does. Right. So flame is in like from a candle. That you could, you could. Well, I presume you need more than a candle because a candle's not going to burn water or boil water. But your paper cup thing is going to get kind of fucked up by nah, anything. Hard. That's the meme. That's that's the weird science, man. Right. Like, apparently, the water in a paper cup can be held over like a Bunsen burner. Remember those? Yeah. <laughs> and. You can boil water in it. I mean, you'd probably have to use the tongs instead of your hand because you'd burn your hand. Yeah. But the, the paper's fine. But the b- water and your hand potentially is going to get... Now, I hope I'm not spreading misinformation here because I, <laughs> I just I just read this the other day. Don't try it at home, anyone, please. Don't try it. <laughs> but uh, apparently, you can boil water in a paper cup. Yeah. Roll credits. Yeah. I'm going to check the YouTube clips on this now. <laughs> I just enjoyed to check right now. Just while the while the theme song is playing. Oh. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Can art cinema fart cinema. Can you follow It is observed that it is possible to boil water without burning the paper cup. As a result, the temperature of the paper does not That is amazing. But apparently you can boil water in a paper cup. Weird science indeed. That is weird science, isn't it? Yeah. That's weirder than John Hughes, the director of several films. Uh, Hello. Welcome to Art Cinema Fart Cinema. This is Party Farties Part 2. I'm Simon. I'm Nadim. And this week we're going to be talking about the 1985 cult classic directed by John Hughes, who is the Home Alone guy, if you don't know. Right? Yeah, is he writer and producer, but not director? Oh, maybe you're right. So this is it. Like, John Hughes... The movie's called Weird Science. Weird Science, (laughs) but John Hughes is a guy, he's famous for films he's directed, he's famous for films he didn't direct. He did direct this film. Yeah, he did direct this one. He did direct this one, that's right. Obviously, yeah, but... But he was was an uber producer and director. Did he not do Ferris Bueller as well? Ferris Bueller, but he directed that. The Breakfast Club? Yeah, and, uh, yeah, so he's the... 2001 A Space Odyssey? (laughs) Yeah. He directed Lawrence of Arabia. Fresh after directed Home Alone, he directed 2001. Doctor Zhivago. He actually faked the moon landings as well. Yeah. Uh, so Weird Science is a film by Mr. John Hughes. And what is Weird Science about? Do you want me to do it? You can do it. I'll do it. Weird Science is about two nerds called Wyatt and Gary, who are total losers and they pine after the women at their high school, but to no avail. They can't get laid. They um. <laughs> decide one night when their parents are out to uh, design the perfect woman on a computer and this coincides with a massive thunderstorm and lo and behold they create the perfect woman (laughs) who emerges out of the mist in their bedroom after some freak storm events Mm -hmm. this 23 year old goddess woman who's basically there for their, she's at their disposal basically they give her Einstein's brain as well they give her Einstein's brain she's basically theirs to do whatever they please with basically uh, which is you know a fantasy fulfilment of, of any 14 year old boy basically and uh, it's basically about them dealing with the fact that they've got this perfect woman that they can do whatever the hell they want with she's essentially coercing them though she takes the, the leadership well role. so that's what that's yeah. the twist the twist is it turns out that this is much more of a, a wholesome story than, than just a fantasy wish fulfillment uh, mm-hmm. movie. So, 
Because Einstein, Einstein brained uh, model woman has got the agenda of delivering confidence and strength and you know courage into these into young these boys. Two nerds, yeah. So yeah. instead of being merely just pleasure for these boys, and, and that's what it seems like at the start, uh, she she's actually a bit of a Mary Poppins character. <laughs> Mary Poppins returns. <laughs> she's, she's basically a raunchy Mary Why Poppins. Why did they bother doing Mary Poppins returns when they already had, they already weird, had weird science? science. Yeah. <laughs> she ends up, it ends up being Mary Poppins. And actually, the lady who plays uh, Lisa, who is the, the robot woman, what's her name? What's the Kelly LeBrock. Kelly LeBrock is actually referred to this film as uh, she talked about uh, how she was Lisa, the character, is Mary Poppins with breasts. And I mean... That's a that's a cute thing to say, but Mary Poppins has breasts, right? Yeah. But I mean, I know what she means. She means like a sexy Mary Poppins, although with Mary breasts po- that you're aware of. <laughs> is yeah. Mary Poppins not kind of sexy? I think so. Yeah. <laughs> Scary Mary. Yeah. Um. <laughs> sexy Mary Poppins. That's a that's a Halloween one, isn't it? That's, <laughs> that's a Halloween. <laughs> so anyway, this film uh, it starts right at the bat with um like a total like cheese ball like. Weird science. Before that, though, come on, yeah. Is it, uh, uh, yeah, the pre-credit sequence you get. Oh my god! You get the save the cat moment. Oh, that's right. So our save the cat moment is the two guys watching the girl. Like they're just unabashedly standing <laughs> in the doorway, like staring at the girls doing their, doing their PE, their, their gymnastics aerobics, and yeah. aerobics and stuff. Just... And uh, two guys, one of which is played by Iron Man. Robert Downey Jr. But that's right. So but, Robert Downey Jr. is in this film. But he hasn't. He isn't called Jr. yet. He's just Robert Downey. So, so. We, ha- we have to make clear that he, he, Robert Downey Jr. doesn't play one of the two main nerdy boys. No, he plays one of the jock bullies. There's two bullies that are both for the other guys in loads of films as well. Loads of cool films. Um, they they listen. They listen to these two like blather on about their fantasy. We, we, we go to the party and it's full of people and everyone loves us and there's. Hot women everywhere, and they're just listening to them, just like kind of. It makes your skin crawl a little bit. Yeah, it's and, uh, sleazy. Yeah, they get the prank played on them where the two the two jock bullies yank down their shorts and then yell to the for the girls' attention. So the whole the, the whole gym, the PE class, the gym hall of of working out ladies turn to look at these two guys standing with shorts in their ankles, shorts at their ankles. Yeah, yeah. And then we get into the cheesy weird, weird science, science with the complete with the Frankenstein. She's alive, Bride of Frankenstein. Reference there in the in the. <laughs> but it's funny that you mentioned the save the cat thing because so we we start off with these two weirdo sleazebag nerds who are uh, watching these girls and then the the immediate scene after this is they're chilling in their house with nothing to do at night and um, one of them's having a shave and one of them's chilling in the bedroom and Wyatt says to Gary who's shaving uh, he says don't make too much of a mess in there the maid doesn't come until Monday and I'm like why are we. Are we meant to like these characters? The maid. So <laughs> like rich kid who's just been a complete like fucking careless twat, and he's like, oh, the maid doesn't come till Monday. Like, are we meant to find these people sympathetic? Because I know a, a big trope in John Hughes's movies is that it's it's the American middle class, right? It's the yeah. it's the spot American middle class with too much to say for themselves, right? That's, yeah. that's your Ferris Bueller, that's your Kevin McAllister, that's that's exactly what it is, right? I don't know. Yeah. So initially, I was like, I fucking don't like these characters. Yeah, and uh, I don't know. Do you do you end liking them? Because I don't. Not I don't really know. <laughs> it's not a film about liking those. those no, little definitely tricks, not. Um, and I don't think. I think John the John Hughes thing is kind of a weird thing to think about in a lot of ways. It's like an edgy John Hughes movie. Yeah, it's it's like it's like the Hangover John Hughes movie. I mean, it's it's a strange one. Like, what was it that 
so two films that he wrote and didn't direct that he's just as famous for as anything else mm. is Pretty in Pink and Some Kind of Wonderful. And okay. I think it's funny because Pretty in Pink came first and Some Kind of Wonderful is the gender-reversed version of Pretty in Pink. Okay, I've not seen And that. I think that they're so good that they can almost be viewed as a sort of anthropological study <laughs> because you can really see the nuance of how you can't you can't do exactly the same story with the genders reversed. No. It has to change slightly. And it's revealing. Weird science, I'm not going to make any claim. What's, there's nothing revealing about this film at all. It's complete bullshit. It's, like, fa- it's a fantasy. It's, it's yeah. Nonsense. And at the, you know, the whole thing of, you know, the, the lesson that's going to be learned through uh, Lisa, a.k.a. Kelly LeBrock, is that the robot uh, woman. people can like you for who you are and not what you can give them. And it's like, no, they can't. <laughs> the human race is shit, <laughs> right? You want to have a fucking Ferrari and a good suit because that's why people will like you. <laughs> what the, where the fuck does this bullshit come from? Like, these, like people, you know, some fucking blonde teenager is going to like Anthony Michael Hall for who he is after the Ferrari disappears in the bath. Is he, is she fuck? It's a nice, fulfilling, wholesome movie, Sam. Pretty, but the point I'll make is that Pretty in Pink and Some Kind of Wonderful tell the truth about these sorts oh, of... Oh, okay. It's, it's high school going into college years telling the truth. Authentic. So Weird Science isn't really about that at all. It's, yeah, It's yeah. about being as zany and outrageous as possible. Yeah, exactly, of course. Well, to, I mean, to, to hammer this point home, when they decide to actually birth this woman using a computer, they put bras on their heads. Mm-hmm. Because I don't... And I, like candles. It's, it's ceremonial. It's ceremonial. It's like, it's like, yeah, it's like a seance or something. So they put bras on their heads and then one character says to the other, why are we putting bras on our heads? And if you think this through, okay, these are two characters who don't have any success with women, right? Where mm. the hell did they get those bras from? That's his mum's bra. It's either your mum's bra, which is weird, your sister's bra, which is weird, a bra that you've stolen from a girl that you're not involved with, which is weird, or you've bought them, which is weird. So, anyway you swing it, having two bras, let alone just one, yeah. at your disposal is fucking weird. It does what it says on the tin. It's called weird science. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So they do a weird science experiment and as you were mentioning, when they're actually building this woman and inputting stuff into the computer to make uh, to make components of the woman, they put in a picture of Albert Einstein and that, that means that she'll have Albert Einstein's brain and then they put in pictures of models as legs because they want her legs to look like this and they put in, they, they even have a moment where they decide on the size of her boobs, which is, you know, any more than a handful. Yeah, your sleazy, your sleazy American teen movie joke right there. A key component as well, they actually have a doll, like a Barbie doll, that is a recreation, a miniature of Kelly LeBrock. (laughs) What? The the miniature, the the little doll that they put between the two little... Oh, is that actually... (laughs) It's like, it's, it's a total... Like a miniature of I had no idea of who so she is. with the same costume. It all makes sense that she would just have the same costume and all that, but to have the same face and everything, I was like, mm. wow, there was like a Kelly LeBrock uh, doll, doll back in 1985. And you uh, could buy it. Mm. Another thing, another thing, uh, the, way, the, reason, the way that they get their computer, because he's got a shit computer, and you know, Anthony Michael Hall's like, we need more juice in this thing. So they, uh, they take the the receiver of the telephone and attach it to a, a Transdata acoustic coupler port for telephone data link 307 1981 to 1990 model. <laughs> and 
you can probably find a used version of that somewhere um, and mm. see if you can bring Kelly LeBrock into your house for real. <laughs> we need more juice. We need more juice. We need yeah, more. They, they need more processing power. <laughs> yeah, and so they link it. They obviously use this modem type thing to, to zap power from the most powerful computers in the world. Which so they can build their ideal woman. And um, it works. Yeah. yeah. In case you missed it, that was the Transdata Acoustic Coupler Port for Telephone Data Link 307, the 1981-1990 model. So the woman uh, that they build, Kelly LeBrock, she is... They mentioned in the film that she's 23, but I looked at it roughly when the film came out and then calculated it. cross reference and based on her age, she's a, she was probably about 24, 25 when she filmed this film. Mm. And the boys were about 15 or 14 or probably at a push maybe 16 so, they got kissing scenes with her <laughs> yeah so this kid is like in the movie so in the actual canon of the film the kid is 15 and he's kissing a 23 year old but then in real life he may have been as young as 14 I think and he was kissing a 25 year old and I was like what the fuck <laughs> who made this movie like yeah. I mean I'm sure he was absolutely chuffed and um, as you see in the film like they get quite into it and apparently Kelly LeBron has actually said in interviews that he stuck his tongue down her throat when they were kissing and she uh, said in between takes like I'll kick your ass if you do that again you know don't fucking do that you know mm-hmm. that kind of thing but, I mean <laughs> you know like it's, it's like maybe John Hughes was like sat down with these two boys and go what what film do you want to make have you seen Don John yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like Joseph Gordon-Levitt in Don John which came out in like 2013 he made a movie about a sex addict played by him who had a girlfriend played by Scarlett Johansson it's like <laughs> you you knew exactly what you were doing when you were making that film mm-hmm. you pervert <laughs> yeah and there's going to be like a long uh, I can't even remember that film to be honest but yeah no, a lot of sex scenes in that film yeah he basically of, yeah, yeah he, he he wrote a movie with lots of sex scenes and he wanted Sir Carl Johansson to star in it with him and it's like oh, and she's going to go home with me the first night because my smile is so goddamn <laughs> charming I'm going to the just walk up fantasy. to her at the bar. I'm going to look to my uh, left with a raised eyebrow, and she's just going. To, it's going to be like, "Yep, I'm going home with him because he's so amazing." Yeah, <laughs> this 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 movie feels like uh, it was written by a 14 year old, and it was actually it was written by John Hughes in two days. <laughs> it kind of so, feels like it, right? Yeah, no, and it's it's um, it's got that kind of misguided premise and misguided feel to it that characterizes cult movies, right? It's grandparents. Why its grandparents are these? You know, like very sort of ridiculous kind of old people that are like, I think we should, after dinner, we should sneak in on Wyatt and see how he's doing. I hate to think of him there alone while his parents are away. And the grand the granddad's like, doesn't he have any books to read? And then they go over to Wyatt's house when the party, we'll get to the party, uh, farty <laughs> later. Uh, the party's in full swing. And it made me think that, you know, the Beastie Boys, that video for like, you've got to fight for your right to party thing. The broad humour in that is totally lifted from this and it will have been oh. like two or three years later, I think. Mm. So I think culturally it's got kind of like a zeitgeist I think it was a bit of a hit, right? Yeah, Weird, weird Science. John Hughes's stuff, like pretty much you can see it's it's kind of era-defining sort of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Which a lot of people so say, weird well, that's kind of, that kind of sums up how sh- the 80s is if John Hughes is pretty much the f- figurehead of it all mm, isn't it mm. you know i think i actually am a john hughes fan I'm, I'm going to try not to get too earnest about it but i think that this stuff is, is brilliant this it feels yeah there's there's moments that feel like it feels like a first draft like there's a moment where um they're ordering drinks at a bar or one of the bullies is ordering drinks at a bar and the bartender goes 
do you want it straight up? And then like, no, no, how do you want it? And then the the bully guy says kind of cheekily, he goes straight up. And then the bartender goes, tell you what, you bend over and I'll shove it straight up your ass. <laughs> and I'm like, how did you... Like, it's a funny line, but, like, the movie is full of those kind of lines that you write as a joke in a script, you know, like, it's, like, meme lines. There's a moment as well where Kelly LeBrock metamorphosizes Wyatt's older brother, who's a bully, mm-hmm. into, a like, a squidgy monster. And there's a moment where she goes something like, she says something like, shut up or I'll make your balls into elephant balls. Yeah, and I'm I'll, like, give you, I'll give you elephant balls. If, yeah. <laughs> like, did he just come up with something like... Oh, I know what we can do. Yeah. Elephant balls. Yeah, that, that's perfect. I'll write that threaten, in the script. Threaten him with elephant balls. Yeah, yeah. like, what? Yeah. So Bill Paxton plays the bully brother. He's got a ridiculous flat top haircut. And, and uh, a receding hairline yeah. Yeah, for the ages. Yeah, yeah. Bill Paxton is now, is now no longer with us. It's really sad. But oh. yeah. Respect and RIP to the late... It's Bill like that Paxton. bit in The Hangover where, um, <laughs> where Mike Tyson brings up their old friend Omar uh, who's been killed by the tiger and then his other henchman takes his hat up and goes respect <laughs> well I do I, I do want respect Bill Paxton he's in the first Terminator film he's the guy the punk guy so he's he all is like, uh, he's all like nice night for a walk or whatever yeah that's um, right yeah yeah it probably been a year before this film was made probably yeah, yeah. Um, the first thing they do after they get Kelly LeBrock to play with <laughs> to play alongside you know mm. she's got she's got her motivations as well they, they take the shower that they've always wanted to take with the women. They keep their jeans on. <laughs> they go. To, they then go to a bar called the Candy Bar with a K. The Candy Bar, and it's mm. like a, it's all bluesy sort of music. Another another thing that's kind of defining though is like you know like there's the Pretty Women. Um, there's kind of a rocked up version of Roy Orbison's Pretty Women that uh, comes on in the shop a shopping mall scene where the bullies Robert Downey Jr. and the other guy catch sight of Kelly LeBrock on the other escalator, and it's. A, you know, pretty, pretty woman. She's walking, luring them. She's, she's walking them. around. She's doing the shopping and stuff. And I thought, this is five years before there. There was a movie called Pretty Women with that song, and it fucking you know. <laughs> I mean, you know, this movie is the nexus of culture. There's got to be something said for the fact that you know one idea in a John Hughes movie became the idea in one of the biggest films of all time. Mm. Well, I mean, that's just, why we watch bad films. That's you know, like you know, I mean, Pretty Women is is complete crap, but it's also huge as well, and yeah. it's still in people's. Well, that's that's what I'm, I, I think. That's why we watch shit yeah. movies to see because because it's not just good films that influence great films, mm. but it's you, bad films too. See the guy who had the idea, <laughs> or the person who had the idea. The, the, they will have they will have nabbed it from this thing, and they'll have gone into the sort of the meeting room, and they'll say, they'll, "What are they above board about the fact that there's this one scene in Weird Science where the song Pretty Women plays, and there's a sexy woman, and it's just a quick got kind of a montage feel to it." It's quite an obvious thing to do. We can use that as the sort of nucleus of like a whole movie, yeah. a whole like princess meets her prince type movie. Oh, it's a quite it's quite obvious, and Pretty yeah. Women's quite an obvious. Thing to do. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I don't know. They've got. I think that they've got to pretend that their ideas are more inventive than they actually are. Yeah, of course. So it's like, yeah, have you seen the film Weird Science? No. Good, because I just had an <laughs> original as fuck idea. Yeah. This is not a Polish lesson per se. It's more a party for per se. Happy birthday, per se. We're all with you on this one, per se. I'm gonna sing you a song. Some Polish language in a song. How about that, Percy? You like it? Skrabne tyłek, skrabne nogi. 
Translates to English Shapely bomb and shapely legs yeah. Well, at the, in that mall scene, Lisa is underwear shopping and um, she holds up a thong to an old granny shopping assistant and goes, if you were a 15-year-old boy, would these turn you on? And I'm like... <laughs> <laughs> Like, this film is, is so and then she dodgy asked, it's such like, a dodgy movie have you got like a leather bra to go with this and the old woman's like could you give me a break please it's genuinely like like being, being written by a 14 year old or, or certainly mm. being written to appeal to 14 year olds you know what I mean jeez oh man yeah no <laughs> like what, in an underwear shop you would have like a prudish old lady at the cash desk of course you would <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah in the 80s yeah, yeah. so Robert Downey Jr. and uh, the other bully guy. So, so Robert Downey Jr. is in this film pre-major success. Uh, he has his big old gappy teeth before his Hollywood <laughs> teeth treatment that defines Robert Downey Jr.'s winning smile today. It's quite bizarre to see him. Like I, I didn't actually recognize him for a while. He kind of looked like someone I know. He's he's not the Robert Downey Jr. you obviously know. You know, he's not Iron Man. He's he's just a kid. It's like when you see Charlie Sheen in Ferris Bueller. Mm-hmm. You're like, oh shit, that's Charlie Sheen, what the fuck? John Hughes actually acted as a prophet for how Charlie Sheen would end up, you know, in, in a police yeah. station about drugs. <laughs> John Hughes was a genius, man. What the John fuck? Hughes knew what was going on, man. Right, and we're going to cast this guy, this kid Charlie Sheen, future drug addict. Maybe, maybe, he, was in, maybe he was in the throes of that already and yeah. it just wasn't public. Who knows? It could be. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. So the two boys decide to throw a massive party. Kelly LeBrock decides for them. Yeah. She helps them out. She, she says, the, look, you should The bullies are chasing after her when they pull up in uh, Wyatt's imaginary but real uh, black Porsche. Yeah. And uh, th- that's when Anthony Michael Hall gets his kiss, mm. you know, later, like after the other guy's already been yeah, snogging yeah. her. So the important, the, the important thing is that they win... They win the popularity by throwing this giant big party, right? And Robert Downey Jr. and the other bully character decide to get involved with Gary and Wyatt's decision to create a perfect woman. So they <laughs> they all don bras on their heads uh, at this party and decide that they're going to create an, a perfect woman for the two bully characters who are suddenly redeemed for all of a sudden. So there's now four bras. <laughs> four bras, yeah. Again, where the fuck did they get these bras? I don't know. I th- it's, it's raiding mom's and they're all, closet. They're all identical as Mom's well. out of town, they're raiding her closet. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> weirdos, man. There's a bit... So when when they decide uh, on the final solution for this uh, for this perfect woman that the bullies are creating, there's a massive big storm again, big massive 
effect sequence where the woman's being synthesized by the thunder and lightning and, and the room start twisting around and Robert Downey Jr. there's a shot of Robert Downey Jr.'s character with a bra on his head and he just shouts I'm shitting my pants <laughs> <laughs> and I just I just wish that you I wish you could somehow unearth that and make that go viral because well, it's like yeah I mean like what was it there? it's so against what Robert Downey Jr. is now he's an actor now you know it's like I'm oh. shitting my pants I'm shitting my pants <laughs> That should, if only that was as well known enough to be referenced in other movies. Like, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, this film's got the She's Alive from The Bride of Frankenstein. Mm, yeah, you yeah. know, future films should have I'm shitting my pants. It's like the Robert Downey Jr., gap teeth young with a brown as head. I'm shitting my pants. I'm shitting it should my be pants. a film with him in it now that's like a total star vehicle for the A list, you know, multi millionaire that yeah. is Robert. And then we just have that little, little uh, sample at the start. <laughs> I'm shitting my pants. Oh man! Yeah, and so, that, so you touched on this before. It transpires that, um, or in the movie's mind, it transpires that if, that the nerdy kids just had to let themselves out of their own shells, and everyone would like them for who they are. Uh, and there's a minute, minute where Lisa just, uh, explains to them, like everyone just likes you for who you are. You know, it wasn't because you had all these things. And uh, I, I like, I didn't shout at the screen, but I was like, no, they don't. Like that's the reason they started all this in the first place because they're they didn't all, have. They're only at the party when the party thing gets going. Mm. Even they're thinking, well, no one's going to come. No one likes us. And then when the door opens, the garden's full of people and they're there by magic. They're not there by anything other yeah. than Kelly LeBrock's the same magic that she uses to conjure up everything else. Yeah, Ferrari, she's conjured up uh, this all the and that. Crowd. She conjures, she mind controls people <laughs> and then says that, they like, that they're liked for who they are and it's like, no they're not. Yeah. You've put them all under a spell <laughs> and now you're lying to the kids that, you know, you're, you're basically tricking them into, you know, believing something that's totally not true. John Hughes, you've got a lot to answer for, boy. Is he alive? No, he's dead. Oh, John Hughes. You had a lot to answer for. You had a lot to Dead boy. Fucking hell, Sam. Oh, man. Um, so I actually want to go into how cool the party scene is. I expected you to say that you liked the practical effects in party you know scenes something. Zip, zipping around. You it, didn't. It was fine. It was you don't think the girl... Um, so they must have hired a, a gymnast who was good looking to play the piano in the party because she gets sucked up the fireplace yeah. and out the chimney. There's the pol- a poltergeist uh, type special effect where she's holding on. Uh, clearly the room has been tilted. Tilted, she's yeah. Holding she's holding on to so a bar. She's holding on to a bar followed by two shots that were clearly achieved by by a trampoline mm. you know uh, so it's like get a shot of her coming out the the top of the roof just bounce on a trampoline and leapfrog over that thing yeah then leapfrog from a trampoline into a pool and it's like the two shots so she, she gets she gets sucked out of the room uh, ver- uh, horizontally into the fireplace and out the chimney yeah. and uh that th- and in the meantime, her clothes, clothes are, fly off again. And this she is, ends up topless, and she flies through the chimney. So this is a film that would have been PG thirteen at its time in That's America. A raunchy ass fucking thing. Uh, to put and on. in in nowadays, I don't know. You wouldn't. You probably wouldn't make a film like this to be a twelve A. Well, that's what's so now. weird about you wouldn't it. Get, I don't think you would go see a 12A movie and there would be topless nudity in it. Well, that's what's so disconcerting and strange about it because there's a film out right now uh, called, is it Good Boys? And yeah, and that's a 15. So and that's a 15. So that's a, that's a that's what in America is an R-rated film, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So this is, it's a movie with, I think, I've not seen it yet, but yeah, I, I mean, You've seen, seen the trailer. It. I've seen the trailer. Yeah. It's a bunch of like prepubescent kids 
doing things like finding sex toys and <laughs> it goes it goes over yeah. the line into it's R rated so let's yeah, yeah. Ram so, that so point it's home. clearly like the irony is so clear whereas in this film you see a 15 year old kissing a 23 year old and like, the irony isn't clear it's just isn't this great woohoo yeah. <laughs> this 15 year old's getting a kiss this babe it's, not, it's basically it's not innocent enough to be uh, less than a, a 15 really yeah. well it is it's a 12 now but it's not a 12 that's for cinema release 12 it's 12 yeah. it's, it's sort of archival 12 yeah. so you know you, people are going to be warned it's from the 80s it's of it's time if you it's put very out, much of it's time. If you put this out now, people would be like, "That's fucking crazy." I took my fucking eight-year-old to you see that. You could not release. I took I took my eight-year-old to see that, and there was a topless a woman got her clothes sucked off, and this one's dodgy. Rolled. No, this one's genuinely dodgy. <laughs> <Rolled>. <laughs> she slid right out of the thing. Yeah, no, um, it's just sleazy. It made, yeah, me, it made me feel yeah, icky yeah. a little bit. I was like, Ugh. did you? Yeah, because I actually yeah. don't care about that sort of stuff. I actually think that well, the world. You were, I'm old. you were raised up in I'm the old, 80s, man. yeah, and I actually have that, you know. People will always just say that they accuse you of, you know, well, your age, you're not willing to let the world progress. But I think that when people get uptight about things like that, it's a bit like that's evidence that the world's just getting kind of pathetic. Well, no. No. <laughs> because, because there's literally a 23 year old kissing an underager. It's like. But it's, that, that I'm talking about it's the fact that uh, the, the, the girl that gets. It's a really cool stunt. Oh, yeah, that's fine. That's it's a really fine, cool yeah. stunt that the girl gets sucked out of the, the chimney like that. But they would, be, they would be having that conversation now where. Uh, if you want to keep this under an R rating, she can only lose three items of clothing. Mm. If you go up to five items of clothing, then it's you know it's an R rating. So that that conversation would probably happen. Yeah. Well, it? interestingly, there's been talks about remaking this film. So it actually, it spawned a really successful TV show with about like five seasons. Like it was like eight to eight episodes. I was like, what? I never heard of it. Weird science, the TV show. Um, there been, there's been talk about making a kind of 21 Jump Street style reboot of it where it would be a little bit edgier. And, and clearly, the irony would be clearer. But um, I don't think anything's happened on that front yet. I, th- I think there was just talk of it happening. So It's probably one of those 80s properties that people remember and would probably benefit from a 21 Jump Street style reboot, right? Yeah, know. it could do. Could I don't do. know. Weird. Um, yeah, weird indeed. I think it's a, a really funny thing about the film as well is that when we meet Anthony Michael Hall's dad, or what's Gary's Gary's mum and dad meet Lisa, and she puts them on she puts them under a spell as well because she outrages them with the confession. We're going to go to a party. We're not talking about uh, candle wax on nipples and witchcraft, but we're just talking about teenagers getting you know like getting outrageous and having a, a good sex crazed time. You know, so she still, you know, she lays it on, and the dad's outraged. He jumps to his feet. Oh, eh. later on, uh, after they've left, it's as if the, the interaction mo- hasn't happened. Yeah, it hasn't happened. Only the mum can even remember they have a son. The dad is like, no, no. He's like, she's holding up a picture, going, Gary, your son. He's like, no, no. <laughs> just shaking his head, staring <laughs> off into the middle distance. Lisa gives the dad amnesia. Yeah, yeah and he actually says, uh, he says, I don't know what you're talking about, and I'd like you to shut up. And then it cuts back to like some other scene, and it's just like a total bizarre. That's a bizarre line. I'd like you to shut up. <laughs> but um, yeah, very weird. The party when it get after it's gotten in full swing, right? Uh, not only does she conjure up the people that come to the party, but she conjures up three or four evil people to show up. To... <laughs> Mad Max. Yeah, it's it. actually it is actually the guy from Mad Max Two. 
that oh. uh, plays the Mohican. Is it the actual guy? It's the actual actor. Oh, okay. Uh, cool. It's the actual Australian actor from Mad Max Two: The Road Warrior with the Mohican, and so he's got three motorbike dudes turn up and trash the party. The other one, there's a bald guy, Michael Berryman from The Hills of Eyes from Wes Craven's film. How meta cinematic! So, yeah, but uh, yeah, no, I actually think that the guy from the guy from Mad Max Two, I actually think of him as well as Bennett because. He played a character called Bennett in Commando, the bad guy that uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger was taking down. I always thought it was Bernard. I thought mm. his name was Bernard. But Arnold Schwarzenegger was just butchered. Bennett! I'll get you for this. Simon! Ben- I'll be back, Bennett. Let off some steam, Bennett. Simon! I thought that I, all this time I thought, this guy's name's Bernard. And <laughs> the weirdest evil guy name ever is Bernard. And uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger's accent is just fucking with it, you know. <laughs> Oh boy! Actually, what was it? Um, at the end, when they've got the real girlfriends who like them for who they are, <clears throat> despite the Ferrari disappearing and all the rest of it, the girl that is taking a shine to Wyatt says, "Would you kiss me?" And as a joke on just terms of how far they've come and their non-prudishness and they let things go, he goes, "Where would you like it?" <laughs> Why you freak? Yeah, and I just thought when it cuts away to Anthony Michael talking to his blonde girl, you're thinking now this uh, in a crude comedy and a good boys type updating of this. Yeah, uh, you would go back into the room and he's like got her like you know like bent over yeah, kissing her bum or something. Yeah, and then and then it would cut to black. It would cut to the credits. Uh, it'd be like yeah, it'd be like American Pie humor where she's lying across the bed and he's like, really, you want to be kissed here? Yeah. Uh, uh. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think the the movie kind of sums up its message a little bit. And I think it's Gary who says this. He says to his girlfriend, who he, who he makes after after the fact, he goes, "Lisa is everything I ever wanted in a girl before I knew what I wanted." So the whole point is that they get over their childish fantasies of having all these beautiful women, and they just settle for one who loves them for who they are. Who's and also that, beautiful. And that, yeah, I know. But it's, it's phony. It's a lot of crap. It's a phony movie. It's, it's a, a phony film. It's fucking phony. I feel like Holden Caulfield here. It's I, phony. I do feel like uh, Kelly LeBrock uh, is visually quite sort of like startling in it. The, the big hair and the, you're just thinking... Well, they, want, they, they make her ethereally beautiful and robotic. Like it's, it's, it's But like, they've just casted her because that's what she looks like, obviously. That's nah, she, man, that's been heavily like... Manipulated film t- film time, man. Like that's well. I mean, obviously, she's, they, were they able to do that? But no, but like she's a she's obviously a beautiful woman. But like the hair and the mu- everything is perfect for every shot. You know what I mean? Right. Okay. It's okay, not okay, actually what she looks like. You know what I mean? Oh, okay, I kind of get what you mean. It's you know kind of I mean? like how people's Facebook pictures kind of don't look like them, exactly. Well, that's, without, that's yeah. yeah that's Mind what... you, they they actually do use filters for these <laughs> things now, don't they? But they, yeah, they <laughs> apparently Hollywood people. changes people. Yeah, no. I, actually, as it happens, Danny DeVito apparently in real life, even you know, since he was like since the eighties, since his eighties hits and stuff, he looks exactly like a Tyrannosaurus Rex. I'm shitting my pants. I'm shitting my pants. I'm shitting my pants. I'm shitting my pants.